Hey, what's up, folks? Thanks for listening to the Give Me Understanding podcast. I'm the host, Aaron Dodson. Psalm 119, verse 34, best describes this podcast. The psalmist wrote in the long ago, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text and do my best to help myself and others understand it. In this episode, I want to discuss teaching our children. We love our children, we're concerned about our children, and we should be, and even as much so should we be concerned about the communities and the influences in which they are growing up. Our country is not, as a whole, it is not desirous of doing God's will, but on the contrary, injecting the ways of Satan, the ways of the world into the hearts and minds of our young people. And Satan has found a way to do this very effectively through the school systems. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone involved in the school systems are evil. There are godly teachers in the school systems. But we need to admit the fact that the powers that be from the top down that give the rules for school systems are not faithful members of the church. And they have agendas in addition to reading, writing, and arithmetic. They are now teaching our children not only that they evolved from a single cell evolution, but they are have been for years teaching that homosexual marriages are okay and good and right. And in many places, children are learning the false idea that Christianity is harmful to a community. They are not being supported or taught or educated to love the Lord their God. They are not being taught or educated regarding intelligent design. And not only that, but young people now are falling prey to sexual deviance, deviance, the way that our the powers that be have now authorized and given uh, approval to children, to young people, to minors having hormone blockers or receiving hormone blockers and sex changes. I tell you, our society is increasingly corrupt, and we don't need to hide or be afraid in regard to reacting or acting in a way, to behaving in a way, to counteract this as Christians. And the way this is done is through our influence as parents with our young people in our own physical families and also in our churches and our congregations. Truly, I believe in teaching our children. God has instructed this very thing. I want to go way back to some principles that are found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. I'll be reading uh, a few verses before that if you'd like to get your Bible out, if you're able, as you listen along. I believe in teaching our children and teaching our children in the way that God taught us to teach our children. Now, let's go back in time to God redeeming the nation of Israel. He brought them out of Egyptian slavery and... He parted the ocean for them, and he brought them uh, out. And in time, he would give them the promised land, give them certain instructions uh, to preserve their nation and to produce the Messiah. 
19, uh, excuse me, Exodus 19, verse 4, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel, Exodus 19, 5 and 6. And as you probably remember, for 40 years the nation wandered in the wilderness and they sinned against their God over and over, so much so that all of that nation, except for those 20 and under, and the two individuals, Joshua and Caleb, died in the wilderness. They did not go into the promised land. But just as they're about to go into the promised land, this newer generation, as he's bringing Israel into the promised land, this new generation, he deemed it critical, essential to give them instruction about teaching their children. And the words that he uses are very explicit. They are very specific. They are very emphatic. And we're going to, we're going to uh, examine those words. And every generation needs to know about the Lord God and what he expects of them. And the same is true today. We have a lot of people all over our country who are growing up who do not know what about, they do not know about the Lord God and they do not know what God expects of them. But the truths that are given in Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 7, are very relevant for us today. But let's remember that this was initially given to Israel of old. Look at Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Notice those very specific words. And those words are words spoken just after Moses said, Deuteronomy 5.29, Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments that it may be well with them and with their children forever. And notice Deuteronomy 6 verse 2 that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. See what God tells them? Oh, oh, that they would love me, that they would obey me. Love was to be shown by walking in all the ways of the Lord their God. Deuteronomy 11 verse 22 says, For if you carefully keep all these commandments, which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to hold fast to Him, 
Then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Notice Deuteronomy 19, verse 9. Deuteronomy 19, 9. And if you keep all these commandments and do them, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and to walk always in His ways, then you shall add three more cities for yourself beside besides these three. And then one more verse. Listen to the way he instructs them how to love and what love means. Deuteronomy 30, verse 16. In that day, I command you today, excuse me, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. The Lord was their God. Did you catch that? And they were to be devoted to Him. And the same principle is true of the new covenant under which we live. Right now, our homes, our churches, our communities need to see us as Christian parents grandparents and great-grandparents loving the Lord our God. That's the main idea that I want to begin with, that I want to impress upon our minds from Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren need to see us loving the Lord our God. They do not need to see us loving things, possessions, lands, houses, cars, boats, toys, guns, dresses, fashion, etc. They do not need to see us loving vacations and retirements and money and investments. They do not need to see us loving entertainment and free time, and sports. Love for our God is to be much deeper than something we say. It must be demonstrated in the decisions that we make. And when we do that, our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, they see it. First John 3, 18 through 19, John wrote, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. And let's go back to our text. So number one, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. May the Lord your God be the affection of your heart. You love Him because you, you know you were created by Him. You know He sustained you. And you know as a Christian, He has saved you from sin. And you have a purpose to love and serve Him and teach Him to your children, your grandchildren, and even your great-grandchildren. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, Love the Lord your God. And love Him with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. That would be with your emotions, with your very essence, and with all your effort and energy, your strength. Listen to those things. Love Him with all your heart, 
The Bible heart is the seat of our emotions. Emotions which Israel were to devote to Jehovah their God. God wants our emotions to be guided by His desires, not by ours. Consider Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day or all day long. Wow. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 133. Direct my steps by your word. And let no iniquity have dominion over me. And certainly, the New Testament speaks of this subject. How we are not to give in to temptation. James 1 verse 14. The brother of our Lord wrote, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. But God doesn't want us to be guided by our desires. He wants us to be guided by His desires. We must let God's Word be our guide, not our conscience, not our emotions. And our children need to see that. If our children are going to be serious about serving God and not getting caught up in the ways of the world, they need to see us believing that too. They need to see the power of God at work in our hearts and lives. Otherwise, it's not real to them. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And then later, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, listen to this. God says, he who trusts in his heart, his own heart, is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. So love the Lord with all your heart. Question, do we love the Lord our God with all our emotion and affection? Our children see whether or not we do. They see what we seek. They see what we do. They see what we chase, what we pursue. And they see what we talk about and what it means to us. Not only love Him with all of our heart, but love Him with all our soul. The soul represents the essence of life. It stands for the personality in us. And God is describing our love as pervading our entire self-consciousness. We are to love the Lord God with our entire personality, our entire self-consciousness. There is no room for split personality in serving God. Jesus said no one can serve two Masters, Matthew 6, 24. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 19, verse 113, I hate those that are of a double mind, but your law I love. Psalm 119, 113. We cannot be double-minded. We must love Him with all of our personality and our self-consciousness. And next, love Him. This is Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love Him with all your strength. To love the Lord God with all our strength is to love Him with all our effort. God blesses those who seek Him. Hebrews eleven six. God is not pleased with half-hearted efforts. Question. 
Are we putting forth all our strength and effort in serving God? The first thing that we as, as, as adult Christians for our children that we must do in teaching our beloved children is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our strength. Don't focus first and foremost on the children, but make sure that you, make sure that I am loving the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. I believe in teaching our children because they are watching, they are listening, they are learning. We cannot afford to lose the opportunities that we have that are set before us. So, first and foremost, in order to teach our children effectively, we must love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. But second, notice this. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. Notice next. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Let's take the first part of that. And these words which I command you. Now, Deuteronomy is the divine written record of Moses' three final inspired speeches to a new generation of Israelites just prior to his death and just prior to their entering the land of promise. God has communicated the way all, communi all people communicate, all intelligent individuals or beings communicate, and that is by using words. We can know God's will by reading His words in His Word. Our children need to see our respect and obedience to God's Word. We cannot say, do as I say, not as I do. That is not only foolish, it not only does not work, but it hurts our children often to a degree that they cannot be repaired because they never so desire because we instilled in them that it's okay to live a double life, that it's okay for them to tell you to live a certain way, the child, and the parent can live another. These words which I command you. So as a parent, we must take responsibility. And we can know His will by reading His word our children need to see our respect and our obedience to God's Word. Now notice this next phrase. And these words which I command you this day, or the New King James says today. You'll remember the context, you know. Deuteronomy was given to Israel, Deuteronomy 5, 2 through 3. Today our children need to learn the importance of the Old Covenant and how Jesus fulfilled it and how he enacted the new covenant. They need to see their parents rightly dividing the word of truth and loving the sum or the entirety of God's truth. Psalm 119 verse 160, 2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent. Make every effort to show yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. They need to see their parents, children do, 
rightly dividing the word and taking serious the things that God has commanded them to do. And he wants his words upon our hearts. Notice next, these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. When God's word is truly in our hearts, we will not neglect God. We will not neglect his ways. We will not neglect his son's church. We will not neglect those who are around us. Because his words, when they are in our hearts and we act on them, our lives will not be characterized by willful sin nor excuses for sin. Instead, our lives will show that our hearts are committed to Him in the way that we seek God, in the way we love and serve His Son's church and others around us. Now notice next, God commanded parents, and still does, Ephesians 6, 1-4, to teach their children. You shall teach them diligently, the words that are in your heart, you see that, to your children. So this is not just reading something to your children or just telling your children something. You are teaching them the things that God has taught that are in your heart. Truly, parents are the full-time youth ministers. No one has more potential influence on children than their own parents, their own grandparents, even great-grandparents. Remember Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 5. Remember Timothy and the influence that he received from two important women in his life. Paul wrote, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. This is what he had learned from these important uh, and godly women in his family. If we are not intentional about this command to teach them what's in our heart that God taught us, if we're not intentional about this command, our children will be at a great disadvantage and they will grow up and they will serve Satan. God wants this training, though, to not only be done but to be done diligently. You shall teach them diligently to your children. To do something with diligence is to do it with a lot of effort and a lot of energy. Children need to see their parents working hard to teach them the Bible. Parents must uh, purpose to study and learn. Sadly, many parents are woefully unaware of what the Bible teaches because they don't read it. Or maybe they read it, you know, on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's not enough. Children need to see their parents living right before God. But also, parents must verbally teach their children. Yes, they can learn tons by our example, and I would never diminish our example before our children. Part of that example is they need to hear us saying the name of Jesus leading prayer, talking about God's Word, praising God's name before them. Children need to see this. Do this diligently to your children. 
And we must talk of God's things when we sit in our house. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Question, is most of our time used sleeping, watching TV, surfing the internet, and eating? Truly the home is a very special place where God intends for us to train our children in a godly and protected environment. As parents, we need to make wise decisions and not fool ourselves into merely being a friend to our children when they're young. We need to be their parent and take responsibility. You shall talk of them. Now, why would you talk of these things as a parent? Because it's in your heart, verse 6. If it's not in your heart, you are not going to talk about it. But if it's in your heart, you're going to talk about it because it's in your heart. Notice next, God said to do this when we walk by the way, when we walk, when we lie down, when we rise up. The Word of God must saturate our home life. It needs to be the center of conversations and the means of instructing our children. Not just what they hear us say as we ride to church services or what they hear from the Bible class teachers at the building on a daily basis. Question, are we as parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, are we doing this? Every generation needs to know about the Lord God and what the Lord God expects of them. If we don't teach them as we should, we will hinder them from coming to Jesus. Israel was to teach their children lest they forget who God is. Deuteronomy 6, 12. Beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Don't forget. I believe in teaching our children because they are watching. They are listening. They are learning. And the specifics of how God has told us to teach them is such that we cannot afford to not work hard every day to make plans and to carry out those plans. We can't do that half-heartedly, and we can't do it without a plan. We can't just do it haphazardly or at random. You shall bind them, the things that you teach them, as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now, why would God command His people to do that? So that they would always have God's Word ever before them. And might I suggest to myself and to you as well, I have done this in some ways, but there are probably some other ways in which I could do this better. Literally put the Word of God before your children and talk about how important it is because God said it and God loves them. And God wants to bless them. And He wants His will and His way to benefit them. Remember, that is used, uh, that idea is, is taught over and over uh, throughout the book of Deuteronomy. Even one of the passages I've already read, Deuteronomy 5, 28, or 29, where He said, Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear Me and always keep all My commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. So God's intent is to bless and prolong their days, verse 33. Not to harm them, not to punish them, not to limit them, not to hold back on them or hold them back from doing things that are good. No, 
The Father in heaven does not hold us back from anything that's truly good. If reading God's word and obeying God's word in your mind is God's way of holding you back, then you've been deceived by the great deceiver. Because only God's ways are completely and wholly true and good and right. Not anything else. I believe in teaching our children. And I believe that many, if not all, of my listeners believe the same thing. And I hope something I have said in this episode has motivated you and encouraged you in teaching your children, in, in teaching and helping your grandchildren. And even maybe if you're listening to this, you have great-grandchildren. They need you to teach them what is in your heart that you learned from God's Word so that they too will not only have a good example before them, but they will know exactly how God would have them to live. It won't be questionable. They will know, and they will be motivated. They'll be moved to serve God because they have seen the way you have loved God and the way God has loved you. Our young people need to know God loves them. But Satan, through the world system, is out to get them. And he does it by packaging lies and falsehoods and error in the most nice-looking packages, the best-smelling things, and the most tasty, the temporarily tasting things. We need to know the truth about life and death, right and wrong. And the source of that is God through His Word. And let your young people know that. Move them in that direction and teach them not to be ashamed of what they know and what they believe is right. And always be there for them to help them because our young people have their challenges and their struggles and sometimes our young people make mistakes just like we as adults do. They need forgiveness. They need a loving correction and rebuke from time to time so that they can get back where they need to be. Our young people need support. And sometimes it's the case that our young people receive a lot of negative comments. A lot of times young people, particularly in and around the church, young people who are wanting to do right, sometimes get a bad rap because otherwise good people have become negative and they talk negatively about the younger generation. Well, let's remember there are godly people in the younger generation who love the Lord their God and they're trying to learn and grow and do what's right. Support them. Don't tear them down. Don't say things like, why would you do this? I can't believe you would. Instead, talk to them. Try to understand what they were thinking and why they made the decision that they did and then help them to make a better decision. And if they have truly sinned, if those young people are of the state of accountability, Obviously, teach them to obey the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, and to put on Christ in baptism, to walk a new life. And even then, they will sometimes stumble, as we do as adults. And they need support. They need a lot of support because Satan, through the world system, is doing his best to infiltrate their minds with constant lies and negativity. And what I'm seeing growing more and more is Satan trying to influence our young people to have a who cares attitude? Parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, teach your children, teach your young people, not by beating them on the head. Teach them by you first loving the Lord your God 
and doing it with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your efforts, and the words that God has commanded you in the New Testament, you take those words that are in your heart, that are in God's gospel, and you teach those things to your children and do it diligently and talk about it often. And remember, it's good news. And good news draws good hearts. Negative news repels good hearts. It hurts good hearts. It weighs good hearts down. Instead, remember the gospel is good news. And talk about that good news every day. When they walk by the way, when they lie down, when they rise up and teach them, there is victory in Jesus. And living the Christian life is worth it. It's worth it because it's the only life that gives you the assurance that you are right with your Creator and that you bring glory and honor to Him. And it's the only way to live that will completely bless your life and will take care of you in this life and will take you to the next life to be with Him. Thank you so much for listening. If this has been a blessing to you, please do me a favor. Share this episode with others however you can through whatever means, through text, through email, through sharing. Interact with this episode. I would greatly appreciate more interaction from my listeners. If you are able, when you've listened, share it, and then go where you're listening to it, Podbean, Facebook, wherever, however you listen to it, interact with it by clicking like or love or whatnot and making a comment i would appreciate that that will help in getting this material in front of other people so that others can interact with it thank you for listening to the give me understanding podcast god bless and let's help our children we'll catch you next time